Well, with the playing of our theme, we uh, are doing now the, my goodness, the second show from our brand new studios here at CITR. And, uh, of course, it's always an exciting event to be sitting in a very comfortable, uh, pristine, super clean studio. God, everything's so neat uh, in here. But this, uh, uh, you know, there's some minor confusing (laughs) things around that uh, one has to get used to. But this is the jazz show on CITR, as you can imagine. My name is Gavin Walker, and we're here until actually after midnight with some of the very best in jazz music. And we'd like to uh, welcome you, those of you that uh, have just joined us. Of course, the uh, the jazz festival is now over, and it was, I think, one of the most uh, successful jazz festivals they had in years. Some, there were some uh, wonderful artists, of course, performing, and it was the 30th anniversary, so there was all kinds of... Uh, great um, stuff happening. The festival was extended and uh, the audiences were uh, huge. All of the concerts were uh, were packed out and such a variety of, of music and uh, um, tremendous uh, job done by all the um, volunteers and of course the executives of um, the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. The artistic director, Ken Pickering, uh, of course the media um, director, my good friend John Orsick, uh, Gary Kirshner, all kinds of people. Phil Dom, I can run off all the names. But the point is they they produced this huge event, and of course we had the most wonderful weather. And uh, <laughs> this, uh, despite the smoke and all that kind of stuff, the uh, the good weather is going to continue. This, the smoke is, is gradually dissipating. Um, I know there's a lot of serious concerns about, uh, well, uh, not only the immediate uh, danger of all the forest fires, but the, you know, environmental concerns, climate change, all this kind of stuff. But that's that's for another time. We're all about music this evening. We're going to get into our jazz feature right away. We have, of course, a lot of things to do for you this evening, but the jazz feature is um, the most prominent part of our show, and we kick off the show with the jazz feature. Pianist Bill Evans, of course, is one of the most influential uh, jazz pianists from the 20th century. Bill Evans, of course, um, began his career. Um, he was a very, very well-educated man and a very erudite man as well, and also very shy. But um, when Bill spoke, uh, he always um, exuded uh, lucidity, confidence, and a way with words describing music that was uh, uh, unbelievable without sounding overly uh, academic. And there's lots of videos of Bill uh, chatting, talking, explaining his music, uh, the, the um, time that Bill would take uh, for instance, to uh, to go over a tune, I have, I would never play this on the air. It, it would would be of mild interest to musicians only. But uh, when Bill had his famous first trio together with Scott LaFaro and and uh, and Paul Modian, the um, this was a rehearsal for a tune uh, that Bill liked to play, "My Foolish Heart," uh, standard tune. 
and they went over it bar by bar. I've got a 20-minute tape of, of this, and they, they, they dissected the tune, Bill and bassist Scott LaFarrell. And it's from a, a musician's point of view, it's very interesting how intricate they go on. They just didn't play this stuff. Uh, it didn't just pop out. There was a lot of work. Uh, and then once uh, a tune was established and, and internalized, then... Bill would deliver it with the with the trio. He was that kind of a musician, very thoughtful. Um, unfortunately, uh, like a lot of musicians, um, Bill suffered from uh, substance abuse. His health wasn't all that great throughout his lifetime. And uh, he was very much like, in some ways, and, and I know they were friends, he was very much like Glenn Gould, the great uh, Canadian um, classical pianist. They, they were actually good friends, and they talked to one another, but uh, Bill suffered from the same kind of uh, substance abuse that Glenn Gould did. Uh, prescription medicines, tons of stuff like that. Bill was hooked on, on um, heroin for many years, got off that, and in later years, of course, uh, became enamored with uh, cocaine and uh, so on and so forth and, and died young and suddenly, too. Uh, he also suffered from um, jaundice that they were never able to uh, to cure, uh, but he kept it under control with medications. And he was a walking, uh, <laughs> somewhat of a walking uh, pharmacy. But the whole point is that Bill always performed and was always uh, ready to be um, interviewed. He was always extremely lucid. Um, and so on, and and even though maybe his appearance may he may have looked tired or something like that, you probably would have never known that Bill was, uh, um, except if you discovered that in his private uh, life, uh, that he was a substance abuser. Uh, he just didn't have that 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 kind of uh, image. Anyway. Getting to the music this evening, this is a beautiful album. This was recorded toward the end of his life. He died in 1982, and um, this was uh, recorded toward the end of his life um, in 1979, and it's a beautiful album. Um, he had switched uh, record labels, recording for Warner Brothers, and this is an album called We Will Meet Again. And the interesting thing about this is that Bill performs with... A quintet. Now, Bill made lots of records as a sideman with, well, when he worked with Miles Davis for six months um, and, and uh, recordings in all-star settings uh, with various horns and so on. But he rarely, rarely recorded with horns. Uh, it was always simply with a, his trio, a piano, bass, and drums. But he wanted these two particular horn players because of their uh, ability to play together so beautifully and interpret his music. One of them is a little more obscure. The other one is actually very famous or had has become very famous. And the two horn players are, the more obscure one is a wonderful uh, tenor and soprano saxophonist by the name of Larry Schneider, who is uh, from New York and... Um, Beautiful player, as you'll discover. But the trumpet player, of course, has become one of the most leading voices of the trumpet, and I'm talking about Tom Harrell. 
Tom Harrell is one of the considered one of the most innovative and finest trumpet players around and uh, an extremely creative musician, Tom Harrell. So we have uh, Tom Harrell on trumpet and Larry Schneider playing tenor and soprano saxophone and Bill Evans' regular trio. At the time, included bassist Mark Johnson and my good friend Joe LaBarbera on drums. And we're going to listen to a program ex- with the exception of one tune of, uh, well, no, as, as a matter of fact, all of, all of the tunes we're going to hear are all compositions by Bill Evans. And um, this wonderful recording was done in August uh, of 1979 in New York City. And uh, I think you'll be delighted to hear Bill's compositions. They're lyrical, they're beautiful, beautifully melodic, um, and they're very touching as well. So, that is uh, the personnel. Tom Harrell on trumpet, Larry Schneider on tenor and soprano saxophone, Mark Johnson on acoustic bass, Joe LaBarbera on drums, and of course Bill Evans on mostly acoustic piano, but there are a couple of tracks where he moves over to the uh, Fender Rhodes electric piano. Um, So that'll be very obvious when you hear that. The pieces, compositions, as I said, all by Bill Evans. The first one is uh, for a friend of his, and it's a, a really delightful piece. It opens a set. It's called Comrade Conrad. And that's uh, tune number one. The second tune, Bill Evans had, of course, a series of um, wives and women in his life. His last girlfriend uh, actually lives in Edmonton, and uh, Laurie Vertroman. And uh, this tune, and it was his last serious um, relationship uh, before his death. And he wrote tune number two for this lady and entitled it Laurie. And it's uh, it's a very beautiful piece. Uh, tune number three is called Bill's Hit Tune, uh, which goes back um, a few years. And then we move to one that goes way back to his early career, a tune, a very interesting tune. It's really a blues, but it's it's got an interesting time signature. It's in 5-4, so it was called simply 5. And then... Uh, tune number six is uh, a beautiful tune called Only Child. And then again, back to his uh, a tune from his very early career, from his first trio that he had, a tune called Periscope. P-E-R-I apostrophe S, scope. Peri's scope. Obviously dedicated to somebody. And the final tune is a solo piano piece, the title track of the album, We will meet again. So that's going to be our jazz feature this evening, this beautiful album by the great Bill Evans, and I certainly hope you enjoy the music and uh, listen carefully because there's a lot of beautiful stuff in this recording. Bill Evans.
our jazz feature this evening, the music of Bill Evans, the late, great Bill Evans. I um, erred when I said that uh, he passed away in 1982. Actually, he died September 15th, 1980. And uh, it was Glenn Gould, um, the Canadian uh, classical pianist who died in 1982. Um, Glenn, of course, and Bill Evans uh, knew one another and respected one another deeply. So we heard a pretty good sample of Bill Evans' music, and this was one of his final formal recordings because uh, a year later he he was gone. And um, Bill, on this recording, which makes it so rare that um, he... he um, of course, he recorded with horns uh, as a sideman uh, on all-star dates and that sort of thing. But uh, his own recordings were always with his working trio. Um, and this was one of the very, very few dates he did with horns. And there were two great horn players on this to add uh, to his music. And uh, one in particular has become one of the most prominent voices of the trumpet, and I'm talking about Tom Harrell. And the saxophonist, Larry Schneider, who we heard on both tenor and soprano saxophone, uh, Larry, of course, um, is not so prominent, but uh, a very, very fine and very distinctive saxophonist. And Bill chose that he, he could have uh, had any any group of hornmen in to do this particular uh, record date, but uh, he chose these two gentlemen because they blended so well together. And that's what he wanted, um, a great ensemble sound, and, of course, two musicians that could interpret and um, and play his music. We heard all of his compositions uh, this evening on this rather lengthy jazz feature, and the album uh, came out on Warner Brothers, and it was called We Will Meet Again. And all the compositions were by Bill Evans. Uh, along with the two horn players, we heard his regular working trio of the time, which featured Mark Johnson on acoustic bass and my friend Joe LaBarbera on drums, one of the uh, great innovative drummers. And um, the tunes, we opened with uh, one called Comrade Conrad, and that was the uh, the charming opener, very melodic piece of music. Then we moved to a tune uh, which was dedicated to Bill's last serious relationship. And that was with uh, a Canadian lady, Laurie Verchoman, uh, who lives in um, Edmonton. And uh, that tune, the second tune, was called simply Laurie. Tune number three was called uh, Bill's Hit Tune, and that went back to the early 70s. Then we moved to a composition that went back to the mid-50s when Bill uh, first came onto the jazz scene, and uh, that was a basic, well, it's a blues, but it was a very distinctive Evans composition because it was in 5-4 time, and he called it simply 5 and then we heard uh, another recent tune that he wrote called Only Child. And then we went back to a tune that he uh, recorded back in the early 60s with his original trio uh, and an updated version of a tune called Periscope. And the final tune 
was dedicated to his brother Harry. And Bill and Harry were very, very close, and Harry had unfortunately um, died uh, by his own hand um, not long before Bill recorded this uh, session. And, of course, this broke Bill's heart, and he dedicated the uh, last solo piece of music to his brother Harry, his late brother Harry, and it's called simply We Will Meet Again. And, of course, that was uh, almost uh, prophetic because a year later, Bill Evans was gone as well. So that's it. Uh, All of this music was recorded in New York City in August of 1979. And once again, Bill Evans leading on both acoustic and electric piano. Mark Johnson on acoustic bass. Joel Barbara on drums. Larry Schneider on tenor and soprano saxophone and Tom Harrell on trumpet. So we hope you enjoyed our jazz feature this evening. And, uh, yeah, there we go. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9. My name's Gavin Walker. And, of course, we're also on the web. We're citr.ca. And a couple of brief messages, and we'll be right back with some music by Bobby Hutcherson, my Aquarian brother, and Harold Land from a a fairly rare album that has uh, Joe Sample on piano. We're going to hear a few tunes from that album uh, in a few moments. So stay with us. This year is the 38th annual Vancouver Folk Music Festival in Jericho Beach Park. Over 60 acts from legend Richard Thompson to blind pilot, phosphorescent, and artists from over 14 countries. There's a world of amazing music coming to your own backyard. The Vancouver Folk Music Festival runs from July 17th to 19th. Information and tickets are available at thefestival.bc.ca. That money can't buy you friends obviously wasn't a member at CITR. When you become a member, you get the Friends of CITR card with incredible discounts in the Main Street area at Antisocial Skateboard Shop, Devil May Wear, Lucky's Comics, Neptune Records, RX Comics, Red Cat Records, the Regional Assembly of Texts, the Wallflower Modern Diner, and Woo Vintage Clothing. To find out more, visit us in room 233 of the sub on the UBC campus or go online to citr.ca. You know that intro by now. And, of course, uh, it's all about the weather. And, of course, uh, well, we've had some uh, rather strange weather here in Vancouver with all the uh, smoke and stuff like that. And that's going to stick around. It eased up quite a bit today uh, compared to yesterday uh, with that acrid smell in the air and uh, and that sort of 
campfire smell that uh, we all became uh, very quickly accustomed to. And, of course, the haze. Uh, That's going to remain, actually, for the next uh, day or so. But it's diminishing, uh, we hope. Um, But basically, (laughs) uh, aside from that, the skies are clear and it's warm. So tonight um, is clear, of course, with the the smoke. uh, And it's going to go down to 17. Tomorrow is going to be a mix of sun and cloud. But it's still going to be hazy and smoky, but less, uh, they say, uh, with a low of 17 and a high of 27, which is, uh, of course, very nice. Wednesday is going to be sunny with a low of 17 and highs between 25 and 30. Thursday, once again, sunny, no rain in the forecast at all, with a low of 17, highs between 24 and 28. Then a little bit of a cooling down for Friday, a mix of sun and cloud on Friday with a a low of 17 and a high of 23, and a mix of sun and cloud for Saturday with a low of 16 and a high of 22. So we we do hope for some wind. Uh, Obviously, we're not going to get any rain in this long-range forecast, but we do hope for a a wind to blow all that... uh, all that smoke away and uh, get rid of the smell and and the uh, discomfort that the uh, particles in the air are causing and all that sort of stuff. As I said, it's uh, raised a lot of talk about um, perhaps uh, what's going to happen in the future. And uh, it's got a lot of people, uh, well, you know, thinking about things. Uh, somebody said today that the Pollution in the air was very much like uh, Beijing or uh, or Delhi, and um, well, <laughs> there you have it. Uh, that was one person's assessment, and they're probably not far from wrong. Anyway, back to music and uh, away from that uh, particular topic. And here was a band that was together. They had different rhythm sections at different times. And um, they were one of the finest uh, organizations. It it was very interesting because it featured two gentlemen from two actually different generations. The older man was uh, happened to be a very good friend of mine, Harold Land, a great tenor saxophonist, one of the all-time greats. And I I still think he's one of the most underrated uh, tenor saxophonists. A lot of people forget about Harold Land and how original... What a, a wonderful musician he was, and, and person as well. The younger musician is not so young anymore, but he's, uh, I call him my Aquarian brother because we know one another, and we're both born under the sign of Aquarius, uh, and we, we've, uh, we've talked about this, our, uh, our, our personalities. <laughs> our, uh, uh, and... Uh, I'm talking about Bobby Hutchison, the uh, the vibraphonist. So Bobby Hutchison and Harold Land formed uh, a, a band, and they had different people in the rhythm sections, of course, over the years. They were together for, I guess, about three years. They performed here in Vancouver at uh, Ronnie's River Queen in, the, in about 1970 and um, brought together a, a, a really nice uh, rhythm section with Walter Bishop Jr. on piano, and Oliver Johnson on uh, drums, and uh, the bass player's name escapes me uh, now, but it was, uh, I do remember spending quite a bit of time with Harold, uh, Bobby, and especially uh, Walter Bishop Jr., um, the pianist who was uh, living on the West Coast at the time. Anyway, um, 
This band was together for several years, and uh, they made this recording early in their association uh, in Los Angeles in um, February of 1968. We're going to hear uh, maybe four tunes uh, from this uh, this band. Now, Harold Land is playing tenor saxophone. The co-leader, Bobby Hutcherson, on vibes. On piano is the wonderful Joe Sample. And on bass... The one and only Buster Williams. And on drums, Donald Duck. Donald Bailey on drums. And, of course, everybody called him Donald Duck. And uh, one of the great drummers. And we're going to hear some tunes. Uh, We're going to open with a Harold Land original called Timetable. And then a beautiful interpretation of a Sami Khan tune, a standard tune called Imagine. Yeah, it nothing to do with the John Lennon tune. This is an old tune that came out in the, uh, I suppose, the 30s. And uh, then, then we're going to follow that with a, a tune that Harold wrote for Bobby Hutchison, and it's called The Aquarian. And the final tune is another Harold Land original called One for Nini. So four tunes. That's what we're going to hear right now from this great band, Bobby Hutchison and Harold Land. Thank you. 
Yeah, we heard four tunes by a band put together by tenor saxophone legend Harold Land and Bobby Hutcherson, one of the all-time great vibraphonists. And this band stayed together uh, with with different uh, people in the rhythm section uh, for about three years, and then they moved on to other things, but their association was... uh, Definitely uh, one of the more important ones in, in jazz. This is from a, a rare recording they did for the Chicago-based label Cadet Records, and it's called The Peacemaker. And uh, it was recorded over two sessions in Los Angeles um, in December of 1967, and uh, the tunes we heard w- were recorded uh, in February of 1968. And the people involved here, of course, Harold Land on tenor saxophone, Bobby Hutcherson on vibes, the great late Joe Sample on piano, Buster Williams on bass, and Donald Bailey, Donald Duck Bailey on drums. And we heard uh, four tunes, three of which were written by Harold Land. The first one was called Timetable. The second one was an interpretation of an old tune by composer uh, Sammy Kahn. It goes back to the 30s. Beautiful thing called Imagine. And uh, then we heard two tunes by, uh, to complete the set by Harold Land. The next tune was called The Aquarian, dedicated to Bobby Hutcherson. And the final tune was called One for Nini, Harold Land both of his compositions. So I hope you enjoyed that uh, short set by um, Harold Land and Bobby Hutcherson. You are, of course, listening to The Jazz Show on CITR, broadcasting right out here on unceded Musqueam territory on the UBC campus. We're also on the web, www.citr.ca, and we'll be back uh, in just a moment. Are you not sure where to go on campus? Traveling late at night and afraid to go alone? Call SafeWalk, a free service where a co-ed team will take you anywhere you need to go on campus. Don't walk alone. For a walk, add SafeWalk to your phone. Call 604-822-5355. That's 604-822-5355. Alternatively, use a UBC Blue phone and ask for SafeWalk. Approach any SafeWalk team or drop by our office on the main floor of the sub across from the gallery lounge. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkamenum-speaking Musqueam people. All right, we're going to uh, really change the pace on this one. <laughs> All right. Now, a gentleman by the name of, of Ahmad Abdul Malik is a bass player. And in 1958, he was uh, Thelonious Monk's bass player. He took over from, um, from Wilbur Ware and became part of uh, Monk's regular working band. Uh, but Abdul Malik had some other plans in mind for music. Uh, he was of Sudanese uh, ancestry, 
and he was always aware of his people's music, and he decided to put put a group together of um, ethnic musicians and recorded an album called Jazz Sahara in 1958. This was long before world beat music or anything like that. Uh, we think of world beat music now as, as something very common. Back in 1958, what the hell was world beat music? Um, and this kind of music as well, <laughs> uh, appearing on a jazz uh, label. But um, Abdul Malik was a, a, a man of um, great musical integrity, and uh, uh, he did several albums of this um, flavor. And um, this was one of the first ones. This was recorded in October of 1958, and it features Ahmed Abdul Malik on bass and the uh, Middle Eastern instrument, the oud, O-U-D. Uh, That's a stringed instrument. And on violin, we have Naam Karakand. On kanun, we have Jack Ganeam. On darabeka, uh, that's a drum, um, Mike Hamway, and on tambourine, um, the Middle East version of the tambourine um, is called the Duf, D-U-F, uh, Bilal Abdurrahmanan. And on drums, an American drummer, Al Harewood. And on tenor saxophone, of all people, the Chicago Fire, Johnny Griffin. And I'm sure that Johnny Griffin just had a ball playing this um, this kind of music. And you'll hear kind of the joyousness in his tenor saxophone work uh, on here. So it's kind of a unique blend. Uh, we have um, ethnic musicians and, and, and American jazz musicians all getting together and making this music. This is a composition, of course, by Ahmed Abdul Malik. And um, in Arabic, it's called Isma'a, which means listen. So check this out.
right. <laughs> we took you to, well, um, I guess that conjured up uh, visions of uh, Egypt, um, Jordan, Iraq, Lebanon, Syria, all these places. That's where Abdul Malik uh, derived so much music. And, of course, he was the, Amer- the American bassist who played with uh, Thelonious Monk, Ahmed Abdul Malik. Um, he was of uh, Sudanese ancestry, although he was born in Brooklyn, New York, in 1927. Um he took a great interest in his uh, family history and the music uh, of that. And, of course, it's an amalgam of, of all this kind of uh, Middle Eastern feeling. But the thing is, is that this stuff was recorded in 1958. This is before anybody ever heard of world music and uh, anything like that. And it just showed the, the wide range of uh, a musician, a jazz musician, basically, who... Um, went back to his uh, um, ancestry and discovered all kinds of things and decided to record this album. It's from an album that came out on Riverside Records and it's called Jazz Sahara. And uh, as I mentioned before, Abdul Malik was uh, Thelonious Monk's bass player, and that's where he met tenor saxophonist Johnny Griffin, who had taken over in Monk's band from John Coltrane. So Malik uh, talked to Griffin and invited him to... uh, uh, this particular recording session, and I know that Johnny Griffin just had a ball playing this kind of music. And um, a group of ethnic musicians, uh, with the exception of drummer Al Harewood, uh, who was, of course, a New York jazz drummer. The other people involved here, uh, aside from um, Abdul Malik on bass, Johnny Griffin on tenor saxophone, we heard Nayam Karakand on violin, we heard Jack. Ganayim on Kanoon, we heard Mike Hamway on Darabeka, and we heard Belil Abdurrahman on Doof, which is D-U-F, which is a tambourine, and of course Al Harewood on drums. That piece of music was called, was written by uh, Malik, and it was called uh, Isma'a, which in Arabic means listen. A piece from this album, Jazz Sahara. Yeah, October 1958. Pretty amazing. Anyway, we hope you enjoyed that little uh, foray into uh, what was what had has become called world music. <laughs> All right. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker. We're here every Monday night with uh, some of the very best in jazz music and uh, we'd like to thank everyone at coastal jazz and blues society once again who brought this uh, brought us this amazing jazz festival this year their 30th anniversary it was a wonderful festival there was so much music of so many different varieties um, there was straight ahead jazz there was all kinds of variants within the sphere of of jazz there was just um, there was a whole contingency of musicians from Africa, from South Africa that were there, Louis Moholo, uh, Abdullah Ibrahim. Um, we heard some great blues with Buddy Guy, uh, one of the great legends of the blues, all this kind of stuff. And it was, uh, it was a wonderful festival, and, and uh, hopefully you saw some of it. And, of course, there was so much free stuff. Um, and that's one of the great things about what the jazz festival people do 
uh, is bring you a lot of free music so that you can get out there and and sample things and decide which kind of music uh, appeals to you and um, and then uh, further explore it by you know going to a, um, a ticketed event. Anyway, we'd like to thank the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. They have a wonderful website, which is worth checking out, and that's coastaljazz.ca. And another website put together by my good friend Brian Nation is a very important website. And uh, I'd just like to mention a, um, a couple of words about Brian. Brian, is, uh, um, his uh, health was in a, is in a fairly precarious state these days, and he is in St. Paul's Hospital. Uh, he's doing well, and uh, from what I hear, he's going to make a, um, a recovery. Uh, he had a bit of a health setback, but he's well taken care of and well loved by everybody. I'm talking about Brian Nation, who um, is the administrator of VancouverJazz.com, one of the uh, finer uh, websites and a very comprehensive website. The website is still happening. It's got all the uh, up-to-date things on it and, and uh, all the features that are on Vancouver Jazz. But we do wish Brian Nation a return to uh, good health uh, very, very quickly. And uh, as I said, he's, uh, he's doing well. He's under very good care. So way to go, Brian. All right. And that's VancouverJazz.com. That is his website that he administers. Uh, just one more thing. My friend Ken Speller, a very fine musician, uh, music teacher, uh, he comes to your home. He, uh, um, he has a business called uh, Music at Home, and he has a whole group of students, and he's always acquiring new students, and he comes to your home to give lessons uh, on flute, clarinet, saxophone, woodwind instruments. But his other occupation, aside from being an excellent player and teacher, is that he is a woodwind repairman. And he has a shop right in his home. So he keeps his prices very, very reasonable. And of course, all these woodwind instruments like clarinets, saxophones, flutes, etc., etc., all need uh, servicing every once in a while, just like a fine car. And uh, they have to be in good shape to play the way you want them to play. And um, Ken's the guy to uh, take care of that. Whether it's a tweak or a complete overhaul, he can do all that stuff. And he, his, as I said, his, his prices are very reasonable. He's located in the 13th and Lonsdale area of North Vancouver. Telephone number there is, uh, you can reach him by phone, 778-800-1933. 778-800-1933 or kspeller underscore 14 at yahoo.ca that's kspeller underscore 14 at yahoo.ca we're going to turn now to the music of the late Duke Pearson Duke Pearson produced a lot of albums for Blue Note Records but he also led um, a big band uh, and he led various groups of various sizes uh, he was a fine arranger and a wonderful pianist and a really, really fine person as well. And, and um, he was originally from uh, Georgia and Atlanta. And um, he, uh, Duke, uh, passed away a few years ago, but a uh, wonderful and very, very productive musician. We're going to hear um, the Duke Pearson Nonette. That's a nine-piece band. 
hand-picked musicians. The people involved in this band are one of my favorite trumpet players from Philadelphia, Little Johnny Coles on trumpet, Garnet Brown on trombone, on flute, Les Spann, on alto saxophone, James Spaulding, on tenor saxophone, Big G, George Coleman, on baritone saxophone and clarinet, the one and only Pepper Adams. All right. On bass, Bob Cranshaw, and on drums, Mickey Roker. We're going to hear two tunes from this album uh, that came out on uh, Atlantic Records. The album is called Honey Buns, and we're going to hear the first, uh, the, uh, the title track, uh, written by Duke Pearson, and that's called Honey Buns, of course. Uh, and the, the second tune we're going to hear is another Duke Pearson composition called Heavy Legs. So here then, the Duke Pearson Nonette. Hope you enjoy this uh, great music by this wonderful band.
We heard a couple of tunes from this uh, wonderful album called Honey Buns. <laughs> it was uh, issued on Atlantic Records, and we heard the Duke Pearson Nonette. And, of course, Mr. Pearson, one of the finest uh, pianists, arrangers, and composers that uh, graced the music scene for many years, was also a, a producer, A&R man, and um, a really, uh, really fine person as well. Duke Pearson on piano leading this uh, all-star nonette, and we heard uh, people like uh, Johnny Coles, Little Johnny C on trumpet, Garnet Brown on trombone, Les Spann on the flute, James Spaulding on alto saxophone, the great George Coleman on tenor saxophone, Pepper Adams on baritone saxophone, Bob Cranshaw on bass, and Mickey Roker on drums. And we heard two tunes written by Duke Pearson. Uh, the first one was the title track, Honey Buns, and the second tune was entitled Heavy Legs. Yeah, the legendary Duke Pearson. Well, here's another legendary piano player by the name of Thelonious Monk. And everybody knows Thelonious Monk. This is from late in his um, career. This was recorded in 1969 uh, at the Salle Playelle in Paris. And it featured his working quartet. Um, several people had left, so he had some new people uh, in the quartet. And uh, the bass player, uh, Nate uh, Hegeland, uh, was one of the new members. Uh, he, is, he is from Europe. And the regular drummer, uh, a young man named Paris Wright, uh, actually sits out on this tune because the guest, um, and he just magically appeared on stage, and uh, Monk uh, motioned to him to uh, take over the drum kit, was the great Philly Joe Jones, who at the time was living in Paris. And um, so he was kind of like a surprise guest just showing up uh, backstage or just um, off to one side. Monk spotted him, motioned for him to come out, and Monk took over uh, the drum chair on this tune that we're going to hear. And uh, the concert was ongoing, so all of a sudden uh, it became something very special. So Thelonious Monk on piano, Charlie Rouse, his right-hand man on tenor saxophone, uh, Nate Hageland on bass, and Philly Joe Jones on drums. And this is one of Monk's uh, great compositions. It's called Nutty. <laughs>
Thelonious Monk on piano. Charlie Rouse, his right-hand man on tenor saxophone. Nate Hageland on bass. And guest surprise artist, the one and only Philly Joe Jones on drums, who was standing off stage, and Monk spotted him and, and motioned for him to take over the drum kit, and that he did on that tune. Uh, a version of Thelonious Monk's composition called Nutty, and that was all recorded at uh, Cell Playal in Paris, December 15th, 1969. Thelonious Monk. And we're going to turn now to one of the finest permanent groups in jazz music. They they were together from 1952 right up until um, actually Milt Jackson's death, uh, which took happened in 1999. And that was basically the end of the modern jazz quartet. They had a couple of uh, times when they um, ceased to work. Um, there were a few years in the 70s when, uh, when they broke up and then reunited again in, in the 80s. And, of course, as I said, stayed together until, uh, until Jackson's death. This, um, we're going to hear three pieces of music, uh, all associated with the modern jazz quartet. Uh, all compositions by the musical director of that incredible ensemble, John Lewis. And the MJQ, as they were known as, played in every major concert hall all over the world. And it was a source of of pride for all of these musicians in this band. There were four African-American musicians who basically um, broke... Um, it's not necessarily the color barrier or anything like that, but it's simply these gentlemen uh, played in all the major concert hall before kings, queens, princes, uh, royalty, um, heads of state, all this kind of stuff. And uh, and they, they referred to themselves as jazz musicians with a great sense of pride and, of course, were called the Modern Jazz Quartet. So that's um, really very important to uh, uh, recognize that. And um, we're going to hear some uh, compositions um, by the MJQ, as they were known. Uh, John Lewis, of course, at the piano, Milt Jackson on vibes, Percy Heath on bass, and Connie Kay on drums. And uh, we're going to hear... I think what we're going to do is is open with a Milt Jackson composition called Bluesology, and then we're going to move to um, a John Lewis composition uh, entitled uh, Sundance, and then we're going to hear a piece of music by um, a final piece of music by John Lewis called Cortege, and um, we hope you enjoy the music by the Modern Jazz Quartet. So we're going to open with um, Bluesology, written by Milt Jackson. So here we go.
So we would like to play a dance composition entitled Sun Dance.
Next, we would like to play a composition used as part of the background film music. The composition is practically a trio between the bass, vibe, harp, and drums, and it's entitled Cortege. Thank you. 
We heard three pieces by the modern jazz quartet. The first piece was kind of interesting if you were surprised by uh, a big band coming in there. Um, that was a John Lewis arrangement, and the big band was led by a gentleman named Kurt Edelhagen, and it was recorded in, uh, in Germany, and they were um, a very, very fine German big band. So uh, John Lewis had couched an arrangement uh, for the quartet uh, with a big band sort of augmenting the sound of the uh, quartet. And we heard the first tune we heard was the modern jazz quartet playing Milt Jackson's composition, Bluesology. That's the one with the big band. And, of course, the members of the modern jazz quartet, the musical director, John Lewis, Milt Jackson on vibes, Percy Heath on bass, and, of course, Connie Kay on drums. Then... Without the big band, we moved to uh, two pieces by John Lewis. Um, the first one he announced, it was called Sundance. And the second tune is one of my favorites of all Lewis's compositions. It's called Cortege. And that was the, a very slow-paced, um, sort of haunting melody and played by the modern jazz quartet. So uh, we hope that you enjoyed that uh, interlude with uh, one of the great all-time permanent bands of uh, jazz music. They were together for so many years, the Modern Jazz Quartet. We're going to turn now to a gentleman who was um, originally from Buffalo, New York, and for many, many years he was buried in uh, in big bands, and he was a very reliable trumpet player uh, who could play great solos. But he was essentially uh, associated mostly with big bands, Stan Kenton's band, Woody Herman's band, that sort of thing. He was buried in those in those large groups. A very reliable musician. But he decided to step out on his own uh, in 1975, and he recorded a series of albums. Um, he um, He's become a Canadian citizen. He lives in Toronto now, and he's basically retired from playing. But uh, a very feisty fellow and a wonderful trumpet player. His name, Sam Noto. And uh, Sam, of course, is uh, just, he's on fire on, on this recording. This was his first sort of stepping out of this uh, anonymous big band scene and, uh, and doing an album under his own name. And it was uh, recorded for the Xanadu label in uh, December of 1975. So Noto... Um, as I said, he was originally from Buffalo, upstate New York, and he chose a buddy of his to play uh, tenor saxophone on here, and he's a great musician. His name, Joe Romano. It's, it's funny because so many musicians from upstate New York, um, Sal Nistico, Joe Romano, J.R. Monterose, Sam Noto, uh, so many of them were of Italian descent and all great jazz musicians. And Romano is, uh, is a wonderful tenor saxophonist, kind of forgotten uh, these days, but uh, he could play, uh, as you'll hear. We're going to hear a couple of tunes from this wonderful album. Sam Noto chose the title. It's called Act One, because that uh, signifies his um, stepping into um, band leader status and, and uh, beginning to do albums under his own name. So we have Sam on trumpet, uh, Joe Romano, Sam Noto on trumpet, Joe Romano, tenor saxophone, and a Cadillac of New York rhythm sections. Barry Harris on piano, the great Sam Jones on bass, and Billy Higgins on drums. 
We're going to hear a group of tunes from this album, beginning with the title track uh, written by Sam Noto. It's called Act One. And we're going to follow that with a tune called Aries, which is written for his astrology sign. And uh, the final tune on uh, the set is going to be a thing called Contact. So uh, all compositions by Sam Noto. So check out this wonderful trumpet player. Thank you. 
great Sam Noto on trumpet. This was uh, the first album he did after stepping out of many, many years of uh, playing fairly anonymously in in big bands. And, of course, he was a a musician's musician. And uh, this was his first step out as uh, a leader under his own name and, of course, his first love, small group jazz. And he picked a buddy of his, uh, longtime uh, musical partner, Joe Romano on tenor saxophone, Sam Noto, of course, on trumpet, and this Cadillac of rhythm sections, Barry Harris on piano, Sam Jones on bass, and Billy Higgins on drums. And, of course, um, the album was entitled, appropriately enough, Act One, and it came out on the uh, Xanadu label. Um, so far, this album has, has not been issued on, uh, on CD, but uh, they are issuing a lot of the albums from the Xanadu catalog, and they'll be out fairly soon. This one should be out there. Sam Noto, of course, became a Canadian citizen and has lived many, many years in Toronto and um, was a mainstay of the Toronto jazz scene. He's semi-retired now, but uh, I'm sure he picks up his trumpet every once in a while. Sam Noto and uh, a great fiery character, I'll tell you. Um, We heard the first tune was, all these compositions were by Sam. Uh, The first one was the title track, Act One. The second tune was uh, dedicated to his uh, astrology sign, which is Aries, and uh, that's what it was called, Aries. And the uh, final tune was a thing called Contact, all compositions by the great Sam Noto. So that concludes... uh, Another edition of The Jazz Show this evening, and we hope you enjoyed the music. Next week on our jazz feature, we're going to open the show with a a fairly rare album by a guitar player who should be more widely recognized. He he is loved by jazz guitar players, but he's not as well known as he should be. You know, most people think of, uh, well, Wes Montgomery, of course, uh, Grant Green, perhaps Jim Hall, uh, maybe Barney Kessel, but a lot of people forget about Jimmy Rainey, one of the most advanced um, harmonically uh, guitarists with a beautiful sound. He was from uh, Louisville, Kentucky, Jimmy Rainey. And so that's what we're going to be featuring next week, a very rare album under his leadership with uh, trombonist Bob Brookmeyer. So that's going to be the jazz feature next week, the music of guitarist Jimmy Rainey. So we certainly hope you can join us, and um, we'll be uh, happy to have you here on The Jazz Show. You have been listening to that show, (laughs) The Jazz Show. My name's Gavin Walker, and of course, um, we're broadcasting from CITR FM 101.9, or on your computer, www.citr.ca, from right out here at the University of British Columbia on unceded Musqueam territory. All right, take care, and we'll see you in seven days' time. Bye for now. Do but do